Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Right here on your dial, that is mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Back in the day, the dial used to be an actual dial, right? You're flipping over on the radio figuring it out. Well, now I follow you wherever you're at. Wherever your phone is, your iPad, your iPod, your i-whatever, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, anything that has the internet, which I'm surprised is not a coffee cup at this point in time, or a pen, you can listen in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on mixlr.com backslash DT. We're at that part in the show that you know that I love. Why? Because I'm speaking with somebody who I always have a good time talking with. We have some good laughs and hopefully some good information your way. Daily fantasy as well as an overall look at the NFC and the AFC Championship games with Mr. Mike Sofka, my co-host of Fantasy Football Friday, coming to you every single Friday in the second hour of the show here on Wake Up Call from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, proudly presented to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, Watching those games on Sunday, there's only one place to be. And on Saturday and whatever day of the week it is, the Wildcat Sports Pub is your home. We're going to be there on Monday for a special broadcast with the West Genesee girls basketball team, so make sure you come out to that this coming Monday, January 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. And before that, watch the games, 3 o'clock and 6.40. Get out there this Sunday to the Wildcat Sports Pub and see who will be advancing to the Super Bowl. Somebody's going to do it this weekend. And we will find out who soon enough. With that being said, the man of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, Mike Sofka, is on the line with me. And it's time for us to discuss these upcoming games. Mike, how are you doing today? Awesome. I'm at the patent office applying for a patent for an internet-ready coffee mug. Yeah. Well, make sure you make it happen. And if you're getting the patent, I hope both of our names are on it. That's 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 all that I ask. So we'll we'll split it, and it'll be and the glass will be half full. It'll be half full. All right, there we go. So that coming from, and I appreciate that, Mike. I'm on the other side here in New York trying to get this pen to work out. Click twice for wake up call. Click three times for, you know, we're gonna do something like that. Click twice for wake up call. Three times for Hall of Fame fantasy football. If the first time you click, it's an actual pen. If you click the fourth time, well, then you got five seconds before it disrupts it. You know, before it's like a 007 type of pen before it before it blows up after the message it sends you. So I'm doing what I can do with it right now, but I think that it's safer than the Samsung Galaxy on a plane, which is good. <laughs> so with that being said, we're here to talk about the AFC and the NFC championship games. I want to start with the AFC championship because it's the first one being played and that is this team called the Patriots going up against this team called the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Patriots are here because they defeated a peewee league team last week with the Tennessee Titans facing off against them and in the week before they had a first round bye the Jacksonville Jaguars which were just one step out of having a first round bye had to face the Buffalo Bills in the wildcard round, won a defensive matchup, and then responded with a giant offensive game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, and both teams have now advanced to here. And it's, listen, it's no disrespect to the Tennessee Titans. It's just, I don't, I think, I think I gave them like a 0.7%, 1%, 2% chance maybe of winning that game. I mean, it was, if you're the Patriots, you got to be happy when you see the Titans coming. Hopefully, the Jaguars will do more than that. I believe they will. It's gotten us to where we are right now with the Big Bad Wolf on one side and this team that people didn't expect to be here necessarily that aren't called Dan Tortora, and that's fun. So, we are where we are right now, Mike. What do you think, first and foremost, about what we've gotten to on the AFC side of things? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, this is a this is a matchup. If there was one team that could beat the Patriots along the way, I think it's the Jaguars. When you consider their defense, their ability to run the ball, their ability to create turnovers, they're like plus 19 in a turnover margin, their ability to suck it up on defense if they make a turnover, and their ability to not only get a turnover on defense, but the score. Sometimes, and there's some games where it looks like the defense is scoring more than the offense, and that's not always a bad thing to have on your side. 
you know, people say they hate that sort of stuff. Well, they only hate it when it's not their team. They hate it when it's against their team. And I have a feeling there might be some hatred in New England this weekend. So, I mean, from, uh, you know, a regular football game perspective, the betting line is going all Jacksonville's way. All the money is going on Jacksonville's way. So, if you're a betting man, unfortunately, what that normally means, and people don't like to admit it, but the general public is dead wrong almost 100% of the time. So if the money's moving one way, the game's going to end up the other way, which would be in the favor of the Patriots covering. And this is a tough pass for the Jaguars. I mean, it's not easy to go into New England. It's not easy to go into New England for the AFC championship game. And it's not easy to go into New England when New England knows exactly who you are and exactly what you do and exactly what you're going to do and exactly what you're going to try to do, Bill Belichick coach teams are always prepared and they have the matchups and mismatches to create havoc on most defenses. I say most defenses because there's one matchup I want to highlight in particular, and that's Rob Gronkowski. You cannot argue anytime Rob Gronkowski's on the field that he's the number one guy. He's the playmaker. They're looking to get the ball into Gronk's hands. They're going to spread out the field and then throw it to Gronk over the middle. So the curious thing to me is going to be how Jacksonville covers Gronkowski. Are they going to have Miles Jack on him, who's fast enough? Are they going to have Puzlozny, who's big enough? Are they going to have Ramsey, who's tall enough and has the athleticism to be able to cover him? Are they going to rotate that coverage? How is that going to work? But I think the secret to shutting down Gronkowski or just letting him get a limited number of plays because he's an athlete. He's going to get plays. He's going to get touches. He's going to get targets. He's probably even going to score. The way to minimize that is to get to Tom Brady. And this is a team in the Jaguars that has it in the tank to pressure the quarterback. Not only sacks. That's not the only thing they do in Saxonville. They also put regular pressure. So the sacks are great. You can count on sacks. But things you can't count on is how hurried Tom Brady is. Does he feel the pressure? Is he physically getting hit play after play? That's how you get to Tom Brady. And that's how you shut down a Gronkowski. And that's how you make the Patriots very limited. Now, on the other side of the ball, Jacksonville's got the opposite problem. What they need to do is run the ball. They need to run the ball. And when they're done doing that, they need to run the ball some more. And Blake Bortles is capable of running the ball. He's run for over 80 yards and then over 60 yards. So he's almost half the rushing attack. You pair that with Fournette, and then you saw what T.J. Yeldon was able to do in the last game when Fournette went out with the injury. So it was a nice change of pace. They were able to do some different things, give some different looks, and I think that really confused the situation for Pittsburgh because they weren't expecting as much T.J. Yeldon there. And, you know, hats off the Bortles, hats off the Jacksonville, and this should be for an interesting game. And in just a second, if you want, I'll give you my daily fantasy picks in this game as well. Yeah, you know, this that coming from Mike, you know, his thoughts on what's coming up here. And, you know, for me to take an analysis before we get into our daily fantasy, you know, I've been discussing it all week and, and sharing my thoughts all week. But obviously, Tom Brady, and yeah, yeah, okay, he's questionable, didn't practice on Thursday, he has a right hand injury, blah, 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 blah. Now, maybe it's true and maybe it's not. Maybe it could be and maybe it isn't. But what I do know is that Bill Belichick likes to put people on the injury report just because he feels like he can. And with that being said, you know, he does this all the time. The New England Patriots, there was, I think, one of the times, you know, they're going to the Super Bowl or whatever, and they had they had all their receivers, their running back, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Tom's... Tom Brady's mom and brother and best friend and niece and nephew, they were on there too. So, you know, it's I don't pay attention to it. I think the Jaguars are smart enough to not pay attention to anything that's being said. They don't care about who's on the injury report. They're expecting everybody to play at full tilt, at full go, and they're getting ready for this game. Tom Brady is, is, a, is a terror to play against. And the Jaguars in the past have played Tom Brady in the playoffs, and they've done some good things. So the last time they did it, their defense got to him in the first half. They attacked him in the first half. They knocked him down twice in the first half. And then in the second half, they played back. They played meek. They played like they were told, don't ever hit him again. It's almost like somebody went in the locker room and said, hey, whatever you've been doing to Tom, leave him alone in the second half. 
and then everybody did. Well, this is not that type of team, and this is not that type of atmosphere, and this team wants to let you know that they're here. They don't care what the betting lines are. They don't care what you think of them. They don't care if you expect them to this or don't expect them to that. These Jacksonville Jaguars do not care about the naysayers. They appreciate you and they applaud you because you make them hungry. If there's a day or a moment where they decide, maybe I'm not hungry anymore, they read something online or they hear something or somebody says something in the media, and guess what? They wake up. Malik Jackson, Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey, they all hear it. And the thing about Blake Bortles that his teammates have told me, standing in the locker room when I was in Pittsburgh this past week, is that he's very even keel. That... He could throw an 80-yard touchdown or throw an interception, and he literally looks the exact same on the sideline. He's never too up. He's never too down. He's right there. He's riding this game out. He's playing this game. This man has been disrespected, underappreciated, and thrown in the garbage numerous times. When he was drafted, there was some hope because he wasn't Blaine Gabbert. Then that hope went up a little bit. Then it went down in its third season, and I had to hear you and see you say, some of you, not all of you, the unintelligent part of you say, let's get rid of him. Why is he going to get another uh, another year? Why are they going to take an option out on him? Just let him go. Draft Deshaun Watson. Let's be done with this. Yada, 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 yada. To this year, and I've said for three years with Blake Bortles that I have supported the fact that I believe that he can be something good for this team. And I said, and I quote, in year four, if he if he has blunders and he falls down and doesn't get the job done in year four, I don't think I can continue the conversation realistically. But if he surges, if he does better things, then I'm going to stay on the side of Blake Bortles because what I've thought for three years, to me, has not been proven wrong. And if he gets better in year four, then there we go. And I continue the conversation. I'm still having conversations with people about Blake Bortles. They're in the AFC Championship game, and people are asking me, who do you think they're going to get? Are they going to get Kirk Cousins? Are they going to get Eli Manning? What about Alex Smith? Are they going to draft somebody? What do you think they're going to do? I think that this man is doing what he needs to do, okay? There's only one Tom Brady, one Aaron Rodgers, one Matt Ryan, who wasn't that good in the playoffs, one Drew Brees, who was okay this season. They relied more on the run at times. You're going to get those players, right? There was one Dan Marino and Joe Montana and so on, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, and so Roger Staubach, and, and so on and so forth. I'm not saying Blake has any of those people. I'm saying that Blake Bortles on this team has gotten better. He doesn't hold on to the ball like he used to last season. It's not stuck to his hand. He's making better decisions. I think he feels safer behind the line that he has right now, which may undoubtedly be the best line he's had in four years, and I don't think there's any question about that. He has a running back that can run the ball this year. He has receivers, and this is something that has signs of a good quarterback. Keelan Cole is your fourth or fifth receiver on your depth chart. Jadon Mickens is behind him. D.D. Westbrook is supposed to be number four, but he had been injured the majority of the season. Those are the three guys you're throwing to to win games. Those are the guys you're trusting. Allen Robinson's been hurt all year. That's your number one. Hernsey, your number two, has been hurt on and off throughout the year. Marquise Lee's been hurt on and off throughout the year. So he's throwing a four, five, and six. When I talked to Jadon Mickens about it, he said, we're not four, five. He's like, we're not four and five. We're six and seven. A good quarterback knows how to find his receivers no matter how far they are on that depth chart. And who's the guy that does that? Tom Brady. Did you know who Chris Hogan was before Tom Brady threw to him? Probably not. What about Wes Welker? What about Dan- Danny Amendola? What about, for goodness sakes, Rob Gronkowski? Did you know about, you probably knew more about Aaron Hernandez because he played with Tim Tebow in Florida. So the fact of the matter is, Tom Brady is a phenomenal quarterback. And on the other side, Blake Bortles is not that bad. Not if he can find a way to be successful with the excuses that other people would make and other teams would make. You know, we really thought we'd make a run this year, but we lost our top two, top three receivers, and we couldn't get it done. He doesn't care. And Leonard Fournette has opened up the game for TJ Yeldon to be the check down, catch the ball out of the backfield type of back and not be the between the tackle guy because Leonard Fournette has that. 
This team has consistently grown, made the right moves, and put people in the right places. So you want to talk about Gronk and Tom Brady? That's great. I think Keelan Cole can hold his own. I think Jadon Mickens can hold his own if he's healthy enough and he's out there in this game. As a punt returner, he's a dangerous person. Corey Grant, their fourth string running back, is dangerous in the special team's trick plays. You look at guys like that who are very humble and very hardworking. This is a team full of humble, hardworking, and I know we can make exceptions. Jalen Ramsey likes to talk, but the, the majority of this team is humble, they are hardworking, and they are determined. And I believe that as much as Jalen Ramsey likes to put the talk, that's his personality. He's the talker. In Ocean's Eleven, he's the guy that wants to tell you that they just stole $50 million worth of merchandise from the casino, and you're trying to be like, Jalen, shut up, but he's like, it's already done, they can't catch us, and you're like, but maybe they could, so maybe don't say anything. But he's a feisty guy, and he wants to let you know that he's on the field just as much as he wants to let you know that he's in the locker room, and that's his personality. But this team, as a group, cares about each other, and they've told me that all year long. They said, when we say this is a brotherhood, it might it might sound cliche, it might sound fake, because everybody says they're a brotherhood in the NFL, but he's like, we genuinely care about each other. This room genuinely, we mean something to each other. We want each other to be well. We want to do well together. And when you face the big bad wolf, and you have a team that is determined and destined for greatness that only they believe they can do at times... That is a very dangerous atmosphere to be in. So, yeah, Tom Brady, better quarterback than Blake Bortles. When you look at Super Bowls, this, that, and the other, that's easy to see. But Blake is not a bad option at quarterback. Nor is Case Keenum. Nor is Nick Foles. Nick Foles can manage it. But if I had to choose right now, I would say Case Keenum and, and Blake Bortles are, are two of the best ones in pressure situations because America, there's 32 NFL teams and there's only four left. So you can keep disrespecting these guys all the way to the Super Bowl, or you can get a brain. And moving forward from that, defensively, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is a hassle. And they consistently keep you scoreless in the first quarter. That's a huge key to this game. Knocking down Tom Brady, making Tom Brady have to run out of the pocket because he's not a running quarterback. All of these things are effective. Let him smirk. Let him smile. Let him think that he's already sleeping next to this new Lombardi trophy. And that's all well and good. He doesn't talk trash, but you know it's there. And Jalen Ramsey just talks it. So you got it on both sides of this thing. And you have to figure out who's going to win this game. It's easy to say the Patriots have this in the bag. And that's exactly what the Jacksonville Jaguars want them to think. Because the Steelers are already talking about the Patriots. And look at what happened. So, we are where we are. With that being said, Mike and I are here to give you daily fantasy advice, and I will bring it back to Mike for this AFC Championship. What do you have, Mike? Well, I think you have to start Tom Brady. There's a few core guys up and down DFS that you have to start. And I think even though the vaunted Jacksonville defense, even though the secondary, even though the pressure, even though the ability to shut down specific guys, Brady's still going to be the guy, and until somebody knocks him off that plat, you know that plateau, that 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 peak that he's on, you got to go ahead and you got to have Tom Brady. You also have to have Leonard Fournette, and you also have to have Gronk. Now, all these guys are going to cost you some money when you're playing. So, but I would build my roster around those three guys and fill in the gaps later. However. If you're looking for that poor man's guy, if you're looking to build your roster in a different way, let's say you want to spend more money on receivers, well, there's an opportunity for you to take the poor man's Tom Brady, and he's in the same game, and that's Blake Bortles. That's right, Blake Bortles is my number two ranked quarterback this week, and you can save quite a bit of money. You can save $1,400 on FanDuel, or you can save even more than that on on uh, DraftKings. DraftKings, you can save $2,700 by going with Bortles. Why would I go with Bortles? He's got the better run game. Why would I go with Bortles? I can put those monies somewhere else. Why would I go with Bortles? Just in run yards, he's going to put up some points. And I think that New England defense, even though they've improved over the second half of the year, I think they're suspect to a guy who can get hot with that defense and that running game. And when you compare him to Case Keenum and Nick Foles, I like the opportunity for Bortles to score more. Now, on the running back side, I, I gave up, gave it up. I told you Fournette's the guy, that's the guy to have. The guy to consider outside of him 
is the number two guy on my list. That's Deion Lewis in this same game. I know Rex Burkhead is probably going to be there. I know James White's probably going to be there as well. But you know what? Deion Lewis is going to be the primary guy. He's going to be the guy catching passes out of the backfield. He's going to be the guy they're going to lean on. Now, if that doesn't work, they're going to go away from him. But he's going to be the guy that's going to get that first opportunity. And then receiver-wise, Brandon Cooks, he's he, his only job is to stretch the field. He's a fast guy. He's going to try to get past Ramsey. He's going to try to get past Bouye. He may be able to on a couple plays. That's his job. He's a he's a he's an outstanding receiver. So there is an opportunity. He's going to break one or two plays. But the guy you're going to want again is Gronk. Now, if you're wanting to redirect some of those monies and get the poor man's Gronk, well, it's not on the Jaguars. <laughs> it's in the other game, and I'll tell you more about that later. But there's some tremendous opportunity for you to do well this week in DFS if you just follow a few simple rules. And one of those is Brady, and one of those is Fournette, and one of those is Gronk. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to be said in in this game. Obviously, you got to play Tom Brady, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go away from that. You know, from Mike's conversation, you know, Tom Brady is the guy that you go out there. He's a clutch guy. He's gonna make things difficult for the Jaguars. So you have to put him out there in this game. You know, Danny Amendola is an option for you. Deion Lewis is an option for you. James White is an option as well because they involve him. But the thing is, I would like to think the Jaguars' defense is smarter than what we saw Tennessee do, which is the ball goes to James White, and they just wait for him to catch it. Then they try to tackle him at some point in the open field, but they give him the opportunity. It was like, okay, you catch the ball, then we'll come get you. And that's what Rasheen Mathis used to do for the Jaguars. He used to say to the receiver, he literally would let a receiver catch the ball and then gradually get to him and hope to push him out of bounds. So, you know, I would like to think Jacksonville can play better against James White. And I think that James White and TJ Yeldon have a similar game to state that. And we'll talk about TJ Yeldon in a second here. But Danny Amendola, he's an option for you. I think that the secondary knows how to shut a guy like that down. I think that they could shut – I mean, Brandon Cooks has been quiet all season. I think that the secondary of Jacksonville can take care of these receivers. It's Gronk, and it's Miles Jack and Paul Puzlesny and Talvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey. These guys are going to have to be spying and waiting and ready. Now, Miles Jack made a hell of a play on Vance McDonald, and again, it's not Gronk, it's Vance, but he made a hell of a play to step into the passing lane hit the ball, they both had their hands on it, hit it up in the air, catch it, not just have the incomplete pass, but to get the interception and to have both feet inbounds to make sure that he secured it and then followed with the Leonard Fournette touchdown. Jacksonville has to get takeover. Take a, they have to get turnovers in this game in their favor. they got to get takeaways, and that's how you beat the New England Patriots. You have to condense the amount of time that Tom Brady is, is on the field and – with that being said, Rob Gronkowski being on the field. I don't know if you can stop Gronk. I don't think that Gronk can ever be completely shut out. I will say that Tom Coughlin, when he faced Gronkowski, they found a way to get him to catch two passes, targeted three times for 26 yards in a win in the Super Bowl for the Giants. So, you know, Gronk is is worth the play. So is Brady. James White, Deion Lewis... I go back and forth with it. They're not they're not high commodity. Danny Amendola, probably your best bet at receiver. And Chris Hogan, somebody to look at in the background. So there's plenty of guys to to kind of see in daily, but Tom Brady and Gronk obviously make the most sense. Blake on the other side. The man's going to have to get the job done. He's going to have to do a bunch of things. And this is the thing. They have a running game. And people that want to hate on Blake Bortles, please go back and read what I've written and hear what I say. Blake Bortles threw the third most pass attempts last season because they didn't have a running game, nor did they have a lot of help from their offensive line. He threw, I believe, 635 pass attempts to 379 or 397, somewhere around that region, rush attempts. Almost double. The only He was third in the country out of 32 quarterbacks. The Drew, Drew Brees and the Phillip Rivers of the world, they're up there. He was third in his third season. So cut him a little slack for what he had to do back then. Now there's more balance, and you can run the ball. respect. And once that run is respected, 
You don't know when the pass is coming. This is textbook Doug Marone. Run the ball down your throat, play good defense, and once they think you're going to run or they feel like we got to spy on Leonard Fournette no matter what, he's going to toss it over top to a Ben Koyak or a Tommy Bohannon or a Mercedes Lewis, and he's going to figure out a way to get it done. So, or a D.D. Westbrook. And the and the benefit of this is that D.D.'s not given a lot of respect coming into this game, nor is Keelan or Jadon. So, you know, and that and there's not a ton of film. There's not a ton of film. Keelan's been out there, but he goes quiet in some games. So the Jaguars have some depth from guys that you wouldn't suspect could be out there. And, and you know, as far as you playing daily fantasy, you could get some people relatively cheap. I would think the Keelan Coles of the world and the TJ Yeldons of the world. The play, Leonard Fournette. Got to play Leonard. Blake Bortles, not a bad option. If you don't get Tom Brady, it's not a bad option for you. Leonard Fournette, is the, he's the workhorse here. And, you know, the tight ends are going to get involved, so maybe you throw one of them out there. But TJ Yeldon and Keelan Cole, I think, are options for you as well. And you could just look back to fantasy, even if you were in playing in a league week to week, and see that these guys, you know, Keelan Cole has had his moments so far this season. Now, we just got a message from the Raptor 35. The Jags have an ace in the hole, Tom Coughlin. He seems to know how to beat the Patriots. And and that is very true. You know, the, the one man that's had a blueprint is back in Jacksonville. And really the only guy that's figured out how to defeat them, defeat Belichick and Brady, and then add in Gronk in the situation more recently when they faced him with the Giants. And if you look at the Giants secondary and you look at the Giants linebackers and you look at their offensive players, you can argue that Jacksonville's in better shape, definitely defensively. So when push comes to shove, we'll have to see what happens. But the Jaguars have definitely stacked the box in the front office and on the field, and this is going to be a game. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with the NFC Championship in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you, proud to be here with you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and appreciate you tuning in to the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. want to give a big shout-out to the Wildcat Sports Pub. They've been our home of our fantasy football leagues of Central New York all throughout this season, all four of the leagues. We will be doing our celebration party for those that have won the championship as well as those that won last place in the league. So we're going to be having some fun with that in just a little bit and can't wait to have those in February here at the Wildcat Sports Pub. You can watch the games, whatever your team may be, whoever you support, whatever sport you love to watch, make sure you're doing that at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. It is an amazing place with a view. No matter where you sit, you're going to get a view of something good, and it's a great time. So it's a family-friendly sports bar, which most people thought was an impossible feat, but they know how to get it done. There's kids in there hanging out. There's young adults in there. There's parents. There's grandparents. There's people on dates. There's people drinking. There's people sitting down having a pizza party. They found a way to bring it all together, and I give them a lot of credit for it because they really make it fun for every single sports fan, no matter what team you love. So make sure that you do right by yourself and support local in Central New York at the Wildcat Sports Pub 
on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. With that being said, we continue the conversation of the championship round of the NFL. And the next the next one to discuss is on the other side, and that is the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles. My prediction held up on the other side as well. I talked to numerous Philly fans, which, you know, people want to say, well, they just always think they're going to win and they think they could do no wrong. Every Philly fan I talked to going into the game against Atlanta thought that they were going to lose and that there was no way that they were going to pull it off and they were all scared. I had to literally tell Philly fans, and I never thought this would happen in my life, I had to tell Philly fans to relax, to not worry, and to just understand that they will at least get this game. And they did. And here they are with Nick Foles and Case Keenum. Who would have thunk it, folks? And here for some analysis... Before we do our daily fantasy, I'll hand it off to Mike, and then I'll take the torch back myself, and we'll discuss it. So, Mike, overall analysis, NFC Championship, what are you thinking? Yeah, crazy. I mean, Keenum nor Foles were starters on a team in week one this year, and here they are. One of them's about to go to the Super Bowl. They've been interchangeable over the years with trades and taking over for each other, and there's a, 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 a history there that, you know, is competitive, and at the same time, these are two guys that are fully capable of leading their respective teams, as you see, getting them to the NFC Championship. I think the key in this game is going to be the running attack for both teams and the defense. You know, you look at the Vikings, even without Dalvin Cook, they're able to mix it up and run the ball. Latavius Murray has uh, received, he's like in the top four touches for the second half of the year. You know, McKinnon's able to come in and turn it on and pick up some carries as well. They're a dynamic one-two punch. And then they have a one-two punch at receiver and digs and dealing. And, you know, you look at that play to end the game last week. What a You know, we'll be talking about that play for years with the New Orleans defender falling down or leaving his head down, closing his eyes and getting juked and taking out his own guy. And Diggs takes it to the house to end the game. What an ending to a game. And, you know, you always see – no matter what happens, when somebody's on a championship run, there's always a big play mixed in there like that, and that was their play. So I think this is a great catalyst for Minnesota to build on. I think it's an opportunity. Diggs will be playing out of his mind. I think he's going to have all the confidence in the world now. Thielen's been dinged up a little bit, but he should still provide that one-two punch at receiver for Case Keenum. And Kyle Rudolph isn't a bad guy to have on your team either. I mean, he's third only to Gronk and Ertz. And, you know, I, I, I again, a poor man's Gronk. I think he's capable of putting up a touchdown on some yards this week too. But I think overall it's going to be a, a – a low-scoring game. It's going to be a defensive battle. It's probably not going to be as exciting as the Jaguar Patriots. But you know, what do I know? I'm not the guy in Vegas. I just, I, I just, I'm looking forward to this game almost as much as the Jaguar Patriots game. Yeah, you know this this matchup. When you go back and you look at what these teams did to get here, most recently in the divisional round, they had to play. And, and Minnesota. This is the thing. Jacksonville's defense has crept up. And they've been, you know, the best throughout the majority of the season. But then Minnesota snuck up right at the end of things. And in these categories, Jacksonville and Minnesota are right there with with one another. You can argue Minnesota has the best defense. You can argue Jacksonville has the best defense. Jacksonville's one or two in a bunch of the main categories. And you see how these teams got here. Atlanta won a defensive low-scoring game 15-10, to 10, or pardon me, Philadelphia beat Atlanta in a low-scoring game in the divisional round 15-10. to 10. The Vikings on the other side of things, they won their game 29-24, to 24, so they offered more scoring above and beyond the New Orleans Saints that have been somewhat of an enigma and a little bit of a strange scenario because they haven't been a really high-scoring team at times. They haven't been what they've typically been in the past. The comedy is when you look at Atlanta and you say Atlanta somehow defensively shut down the Los Angeles Rams who arguably had the best offense at least early on in the season. And then Atlanta had no offense against Philadelphia. So it's funny how these games work out. And it's funny how Jacksonville is scrutinized by some that they won that they won 10 to 3 over Buffalo. Yet, 
Philadelphia winning 15 to 10 and the Falcons just crapping out here. I don't hear a ton of conversation about that. Now, Philadelphia gutted it out. I believe that they would. Nick Foles didn't throw a touchdown, but he didn't throw an interception. LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, they all got involved. Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, Zach Ertz, Corey Clement in the receiving game as well. Jay Ajayi in the receiving game. Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins from North Carolina. There's a lot of depth with Philadelphia. Now, Minnesota, who is my other side of my Super Bowl prediction that I've had, Jacksonville and Minnesota, is, and I had this before this weekend, so when I look at Minnesota, why pick Minnesota? Well, because they have a strong defense, just like Jacksonville. They also have weapons. And Case Keenum, I'm telling you, man, let's go, I want to go back to Case Keenum, his, his statistics. When he was playing for the Houston Texans back in like 2013, 14, around that realm, I literally looked at this guy and said, wow, he's not that bad. When he was playing for them 2013, 14, I was like, he's not a bad quarterback. He's, he was a third stringer that was managing things. He completed for almost 1,800 yards. He had nine touchdowns to six interceptions. He's not too shabby. He was playing well. He was doing better than you expect a second string or a third string guy to do. Then he went to the Rams, and the Rams had their woes under Jeff Fisher, so I don't fault him. Think about this. The Rams had Nick Foles and Case Keenum on their previous roster. Both of them. And without them, they make the playoffs with Jared Goff, and separately, Case Keenum leads Minnesota to the Final Four, and Nick Foles helps Philadelphia get to the Final Four. How funny is this? And Jeff Fisher, who's already, people are like, what was he doing in St. Louis slash L.A.? And now the question is even louder. It's even more so what was going on with the Rams when Jeff Fisher was there. I feel I feel bad for Jeff Fisher because the conversation is what was he doing when he was there with all this talent because these guys have left and both of them are one step away from the Super Bowl. And on top of both of them being one step away from the Super Bowl, you have the fact that the Rams made it to the playoffs this year. So, you know, I think this is an exciting game. I think that this could be a 15-10 game. This could be a 18 18- 15, 18, 10, somewhere there. If they get in the 20s, good for them. This is going to be more of a dogfight. It's going to look more like a defensive game. I shouldn't say it's going to be more of a dogfight. What I meant by that is I think it's going to be more of a lower scoring game. So, you know, these teams have figured out a way to get it done. I just think Minnesota's too much. I think Stefan Diggs and Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen, I just think they present a lot. And I know that Philly is deep and I've talked about the depth of Philadelphia and how it's nothing to overlook by any stretch of the imagination. At the same time, Jarek McKinnon, the man got involved against New Orleans. So did Latavius Murray, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. Everybody got involved. Jarek McKinnon, Latavius Murray got involved in the receiving game as well. There's a lot of talent. And the thing is, you can say what you want to say about Blake Bortles, but When you told him he didn't belong in the Fiesta Bowl, he embarrassed Baylor. You're telling him he doesn't belong in the playoffs or in the NFL or with the Jaguars or where he is right now, and he's going to go to work just like he does any other day that you've spewed vomit toward his way that he doesn't care to be a part of. And Case Keenum is in the same respect. They're still talking about Case Keenum, that they're not going to sign him next year. That's Sam Bradford. They're going to, we're going to activate him, put him out there. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played football in two years. Let's throw him out there. If Case Keenum screws up, this man has carried and aided you with the defense to where you are right now. Jacksonville has a great defense and Blake Bortles has done what he needed to do to get him here. Minnesota has a great defense, and Case Keenum has done what he needed to do to get him here. Keep disrespecting these people all the way to the Super Bowl, because I think they're both going to make it. And we're going to see Case Keenum and Blake Bortles going up against each other in the Super Bowl and the two best defenses in the country. And I'm game for it, folks. And I'm ready, and hopefully I'll be there. Just like I'll be there with this championship round this week and been there for the divisional and the wild card by the grace of God these last couple. I am very excited about this matchup. I think both teams present depth, but there's something about Case Keenum that I just... If Case Keenum could outplay Drew Brees, Drew Brees threw three touchdowns in the game. 
three touchdowns, but he threw two picks because Minnesota, again, great defense. Case Keenum made it by a man who has gone to and won the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is not a bad backup. But I said this before, and I'll say it again. Because of Minnesota's defense, even with Carson Wentz healthy, I still would have picked Minnesota. And that's where I sit right now. With that being said, we're going to switch gears to the fantasy side of things. What do you have for daily fantasy, Mike? Well, one quick comment before I do that. I just want to let you know you're absolutely right on a Case Keenum thing. And, you know, the the interesting thing to me is Pat Shermer may go to the Giants. And Case Keenum might go with him. Remember, Mark, the tape. You heard it here first, if that's the case. But let's jump into the daily thing here. You know, I, I, I like what you said about Case Keenum. I like Case Keenum. Nick Foles, been in that Reed Patterson offense. You know, he's a formidable guy, but not this week, not in these games. I don't like either quarterback. They're my bottom two quarterbacks, and I would stay away from those guys if I could in daily here in DraftKings, FanDuel, what have you. Now, running back wise is a different story. Latavius Murray gets all the gets all the touches, and you know what? Jay Ajayi is going to get his share as well. Now you're going to play multiple uh, running backs, and you're going to have a flex here. So either one of those guys are good. The Jay Ajayi is a great bargain for you when you consider his. You know, I know he's not going to put up the numbers that Fournette is, but when you consider he's two thousand and twenty three hundred dollars cheaper in both DraftKings and FanDuel respectively. You're going to save some money and get some value there. So that's a guy you're going to want to roster, as well as Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon is perfectly capable of reaching the end zone and getting quite a few touches himself in this game. So those are three guys you want to watch out in this game. Those are bargain guys. You know, receiver, the top two receivers for me, and you could probably take a coin flip as to which one you got. I don't know if you can roster both and afford them both. It's Diggs and Thielen. These guys have been there all year. When one hasn't been there, the other one has. I think Diggs may be secretly the better bargain this week. He's playing on cloud nine. He's a little bit cheaper than Thielen. Thielen's still recovering from a nagging injury here. So I I would put my money on Diggs, but those guys are one and two and a coin flip apart. Nelson Aguilar is the value as far as the Philly receivers. He's been having success lining up in the slot, and I think he's in a lot better position to score and a lot better position to receive some some targets above Alshon Jeffrey, even though Alshon's te- you know, technically the number one guy. He's going to be blanketed by that Minnesota defense. Nelson Aguilar has a way of finding those cracks and crevices. Now, you're not going to get great production here, but there is an opportunity for you to fill a space on your roster and not get shut out with a zero. And on a tight end, you know, Zach Ertz is the poor man's Gronk, but, you know, he's not that poor. He's not that far off. He is that far off on the money, though. You could save quite a bit of money. You could save almost three grand on him in DraftKings and almost two grand in FanDuel. So you probably want to consider a Zach Ertz. If there's one guy that's probably guaranteed to score this week, it's probably Zach Ertz. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is Zach Ertz, and when in trouble, when in doubt, I feel like that's a normal occurrence when it comes to a backup quarterback as they trust the tight end. They trust the hands of the tight end to get the job done when they're in these situations where they're having to lead a team that was led by somebody else. So, you know, I think that Zach Ertz is going to be the guy to get out there and get it done. And like you said, you know, he's not Rob Gronkowski, but, you know, this man has been a level of consistency at times where, you know, you really wish you had him on your team. There's there's cheap guys to get out there. There's there's cheap opportunities. I want to go to just make sure injury report that there's nothing for me to note here this morning on either side. Philly doesn't have anything. Minnesota has lower back injury to Adam Thielen. He practiced limited on Thursday. Michael Floyd's questionable, but he's been a non-factor. He's been questionable all year, in my opinion. So for Philadelphia's side, you know, Jay Ajayi, he's an option for you. I don't think Nick Foles. I see Zach Ertz, then Jay Ajayi, Elshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. They're, they've been, in, in Nelson Aguilar, they's been, they've all been involved. But I feel like he, he went to Nelson kind of later on in the games. So maybe Nelson's your guy. If not, and Elshon Jeffrey, I would imagine they're not too expensive. On the other side of it for Minnesota, Case Keenum, I would say this in this game, in this week, it would be Tom Brady, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, Nick Foles, in my opinion. Case Keenum can do some good things, but 
I probably wouldn't go out there and spend the money on him. Latavius Murray, he's an option for you. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are your best ones for Minnesota. So I would say Stephon, Adam, then Latavius is how I look at it. Adam Adam and Stephon, I like them both. If you can figure out a way to finagle them both, then utilize them because together they can put something together really special. I think Minnesota is going to win this game. I think Jacksonville is going to win their game on the other side of it against New England. I think Tom Coughlin's going to feel good about it, and he's going to have one more game. It's one step at a time. One step at a time. And that's what these Jaguars have done, and that's what they're looking forward to doing. So with that being said, Mike, you know my prediction. People have known mine. Jacksonville, Minnesota. <clears throat> Officially, what is your prediction? <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to go the same. I'll, I'll have to go the same, but I'm not going to. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to take uh, New Orleans and Minnesota. I think those are the two best teams up and down. I would like to see Jacksonville. You said you, you know, said uh, New Orleans. You mean New England and Minnesota? Uh, I mean New England. Okay. New England. I, you know, I, 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 the Patriots are the Patriots. You know, we've talked about them before being a, the evil empire with the Darth Vader music and all that. And that's just what it is. I mean, until you knock that bully off the top of the mountain, he's going to be king of the mountain. Until until you, if you want to, what did Rick Flair say? If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, that's pretty much where Belichick and Brady and the Patriots are. And, um, you know, Minnesota might be the, it, it could very well, and I, I feel real good that Minnesota could be the first home team, the first hosting city to make it to a Super Bowl. And that, that, that that's going to be very interesting and a delight to watch. So my official pick, my official prediction, New England and Minnesota. All right, so you got New England and Minnesota. I have Jacksonville and Minnesota. With that being said, he is Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and I am Dan Tortora of, of WakeUpCallDT.com. As always, sir, it's a pleasure and an honor, and I look forward to talking with you very soon. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Dan. Talk to you next time. All right, take care. That coming from... Mike Sofka right here in Fantasy Football Friday, giving you daily fantasy advice as well as overall NFC and AFC championship coverage. We will take a step aside for the final fast break of the show. Thank you to Mike again, and thank you to the Wildcat Sports Pub for proudly presenting to you our fantasy football coverage weekly. And we are going to take a fast break. You'll hear from the Wildcat Sports Pub as well as our event planning company that is worth the phone call, Looking Glass Events, 315-702-4653. And then I'll get you ready for the weekend in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT, happy to be here with you on the broadcast and appreciate you tuning into the show every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I will be live with you Monday, January 22nd to tell you about those teams that advance from the AFC and the NFC Championship game. I have chosen Jacksonville and Minnesota. We shall see. My G-Mama chose Jacksonville and Minnesota, I believe, too, well in advance before me. So we'll see how it all shakes out and if she's right. And if she's right, then I'm right, and then that's cool. So we'll see what happens here. I will be with you Monday morning, January 22nd at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, sharp on MixLR.com backslash wakeupcalldt to discuss with you the Jaguars and and the, the Jaguars 
Patriots game that I will be on site for for the first time ever in Foxborough. My first championship round game, my first trip to Foxborough. Let's have some fun. I look forward to using a Schick razor while I'm at Gillette Stadium. And we'll discuss the Minnesota game in Philadelphia as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Find me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT and like the page if you haven't yet. Thank you to everybody that has Twitter at Call DT, C A L L D T. We're 2,000 plus strong. Let's roll that to 3,000. Let's do that quickly. Let's make it happen. So I need it today. No, I'm just kidding. That's the annoying moment of the week. I want it right now. So let's not at Call DT on Twitter. Make sure that you follow there at your leisure and on <laughs> right now and on Instagram at wakeupcall underscore DT, youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt. He's got a bunch of new videos, so check them out there. And of course, become a member on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. If for some reason you forget everything I just said, you can go to wakeupcalldt.com and on the homepage alone, you'll get the live MixLR feed, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the downloadable app on Podbean, over 800 shows there. Scroll down, you'll get the last 10 broadcasts that'll be playing right there from the most recent all the way down to the 10th. You will have quick links to Syracuse basketball, Syracuse football, fantasy football, as well as the American Athletic, the ACC, and the Jaguars. And you can get information on game show night at Muddy Waters every Thursday at 7 in Baldwinsville, trivia every Tuesday night at Sammy Malone's at 6 o'clock in Baldwinsville, as well as the Lees and Staggerwald downtown schedule for the upcoming Syracuse men's basketball pregame shows. And you can get the links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. That's all on the homepage. So when in doubt, go to wakeupcalldt.com, subscribe, and click on all the links on the homepage, which will bring you to all of the things that I've already discussed. So with that being said, God bless you. Travel safe. Have a great week. And I'll talk with you this week. I hope you you round out your week in a phenomenal way. I appreciate you. I love you all. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart because we all could use a little bit more love today. So I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you. And I look forward to building a positive, progressive society together. Have a great week. And I'll see you in Foxborough.